Hey, y'all. Hello. <laughs> that was very uh, prim and proper of you there. Uh, you doing okay? Yeah, I'm a little sleepy from 4 a.m. Uh, airport, but it was worth it, though, being able to see family coming over, so. That's good, yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're hoping to get uh, over in the States this summer, and now uh, the boys keep asking about it, so something nice about seeing family out yeah, there. Yeah, catching up with folk. Yeah. Um, so... We had a good weekend in, in in church yesterday. A good good time around. Um, I, I, I felt like a lot of the uh, singing yesterday. People were really concentrating on the words and stuff, and it was, yeah, it was yeah, really good. Yeah, I do the awkward pause where I get everyone to stop and then <laughs> sing the chorus, aiming at each other, saying, telling you, but you do it differently. From you do it with style. I just do it with awkwardness, but uh, hopefully it helped. <laughs> <laughs> it accomplishes the same end, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I I loved uh, just how gospel centered all the songs were and all of that, and um, we've been trying to focus on this this idea of uh, the gospel lens and how we mm. how we view life and um, how we view ourselves in light of who Christ is. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, so, so we thought we'll get to where the rubber meets the road, as they say, um, and what is gospel practice? Because we've been talking about gospel identity. Which is really, really important uh, to see Christ and who He is, the mm-hmm. glorious gospel, as we said, but in light of the glorious gospel, how we view ourselves. Yeah. Um, in spite of sin and sorrow, in spite of service and success, um, the gospel is true, mm-hmm. and uh, and how God views me is unchanging. But what does that mean to me? Yeah. Every single day. This isn't just theory that we affirm to ourselves it's a it's a daily reality or a daily lens through which to live our lives isn't mm-hmm. it yeah no, you're right yeah and and a uh, good passage that just came to my mind in thinking about this was galatians uh 2 20 and um famous verse i mean i remember uh, it was several of my friends in bible college it was like their life's verse you know and all that mm. they're like oh this is uh, but, but but it's dynamic and uh, i'm just going to read that real quick it says i've been crucified with christ it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Um, so so reading this, he's, he's talking very practically, because here's Paul, and I love that he just opens up kind of his life to the reader he's here. Um, we, we have moments where he does that. Where he says, "For me to live is Christ. This is what mm. my life is all about." Yeah. Um, you know, when he when he says, "I came to you not in uh, words of man's wisdom, mm. but in the power of the Holy Ghost." And I just love it when he when he says, "This is what I'm all about." Yeah. Yeah. And um and this this is him saying, "This is what I'm all about," but it's actually very practical. Yeah. There's there's both. There's the um, I'm crucified with Christ legally. You know, legally I have a, I have justification before God because of. I am I am dead in Christ, but then but but Paul, you know he he uh, the justification aspect of the Christian life. It's like okay, and now I live for Jesus, and it's like they're very together, and that's what we're saying here today. It's like where the rubber meets the road, where we take this this lovely theology and and live out in our lives. It's that um, when he says I'm crucified with Christ, he's like yeah, I'm I'm dead in Jesus legally, 
and I also died to myself. Like this new yeah. life is so it's both, isn't it, coming mm. into play here? Yeah, and 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 I say it often, but I think this is the the hardest. You know, we, we hear people say, I've heard people say like um, um, cliche things like um, most. And I think it's true, but the, the the hardest distance to travel is from your brain to your heart. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> where it's like just yeah. knowing about it and practicing it. So it's it's the um, it's the spiritual work of taking it from theory to practice. Hard hard to take Sunday to the rest of the week, isn't it? You don't just walk in, sing a few hymns, and walk out and live like we didn't, like that wasn't real. You know, mm. it's hard to live like this is true on on a daily basis through every aspect through every corner of, of, of each of our lives mm. so no, that's good yeah yeah and i think he does a pretty good job of that in this passage he, he starts by saying i'm crucified with christ and uh, i think the, the the big idea is that life is about dying which sounds um contradictory mm-hmm. <laughs> but life is about dying what do you what do you think that looks like to, to have life about dying yeah i guess ultimately it's life's not about me anymore mm. I uh, can't remember the verse reference, but isn't it 2 Corinthians where he died so that I wouldn't live for myself anymore? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's like the Alan Campbell version, but that's basically it. Like, he, yeah. <laughs> he died so that life, he died to free me from me, ultimately. So if life's about dying, it's like I'm laying down my life for another, really. Nice one, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think I think Paul and Peter at times, really they really set out to say this is what it looks like uh, in the epistles. And uh, we'll start with James. James does it too. In James chapter 4 and verse 7, um, he just says, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Mm. And um, and that's like the simplest verse ever. But it's actually really, really, really profound. Mm. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And, and I gave kind of the analogy last night when we were chatting about this of, of Joseph with Potiphar's wife. Mm. And um, like he ran for his life. And he, he left his garment in her hand and everything, but he was just like, fleeing you know what i mean mm-hmm. like um and and i think the idea is probably sleeping with potiphar's wife would have been a very pleasurable thing well yeah i mean for joseph to do yeah we're wired that way aren't we yeah and mm-hmm. and i mean every indication in in genesis seems to indicate she was she was an attractive lady too mm-hmm. there would have been a temptation there mm-hmm. but he says you know i'm going to sacrifice that desire yeah. For honoring my Lord. Yeah, I mean, just before resist the devil, it says, submit yourselves therefore to God. You yeah. know, so it's not my desires or pleasures anymore. It's His what brings Him pleasure and glory. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and then uh, Romans Romans twelve verse two, and I, I think this is actually a powerful passage. Actually, um, first couple of verses there, but uh, it's, it says, "Do not be conformed to this world, mm. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." And um, a, a lot of times when we think about do not be conformed to this world, we think about, um, you know, especially coming from a very strict mm. kind of like IFB background, um, we, we think about not looking like the world, yeah. not not dressing like the world, not yeah. listening to the music that the world's listening to. And we, we think of the world as people. Mm. But really, the world is not people. The world's a system, isn't it? The spirit of the world. Yeah, yeah. it's a system of philosophy. It's a, it's a way of thinking. That's what mm. that's what the world is. So when he says, "Do not be conformed to this world," to the world, he's saying like, "Don't be motivated by what motivates everyone else, mm. because you don't have the same Lord as everyone else." Mm. 
Mm, yeah, because it's no longer Satan, the prince of this world that we follow. Mm. Yeah. And I think the big issue is he says, by the trans, uh, um, be renewed by the transforming of your mind. So, so one thing we were saying is not living in a mindset that seeks to please everyone else. Yeah. But seeks to please the Lord. Yeah. Or, or yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Or, or yourself. Yeah, yeah. Ephesians talks about that too in chapter two. It's that we we once followed the course of this world mm-hmm. in the in the lust of our flesh and. Um, under the power of the evil one. So, mm. yeah, the, the course of this world was just pr- the pursuit of pleasure, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, on a very practical level, um, so if we're talking about dress standards or how you dress or whatever, the only thing, the only way that I would apply this verse um, is, is to say, don't let what others think and expect control the way you would dress. Hmm. Um apply that to any walk of life uh-huh. there you go so 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 dress the way you want to dress or do what you want to do based upon a does it honor my lord and b do i like it <laughs> yeah you know I mean? as long as a is the top one yeah, yeah that's, that's right. it man does it bring does it bring honor to the lord and that's not like well i feel it does it's like well biblically does yeah. it you know and s- again submitting yourself to god yeah very good and then in the same in the same chapter there's the uh, being kindly affectionate to one another and brotherly love uh verse 10 in honor, preferring one another, hmm. and and out of all the things we've said so far, I think this is where we get to the cross-like application here. Hmm. Preferring one another. Preferring. So, yeah. So the cross, to, to me, to me personally and internally, it looks like the previous verses that we've talked about, but relationally, when we get to this, this is where, as again, it's where it's on street level, isn't it? Hmm. In honor, preferring one another. How does that look? Well, uh, English standard says outdo one another in showing honor. Mm-hmm. So there's like this competition to, <laughs> just like, who can but obviously, uh, but yeah, to serve each other the most, mm-hmm. to to put each other's needs before ourselves, and and um, yeah, um, to really consider the other people that when we gather together in our, in our, it's not just in church meeting, but when we're the family, you know, when we're with other Christians, that yeah, we mm-hmm. our thoughts are about their needs, their concerns, their cares, as well as our own. Mm. Outdo one another in love. That's really good. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think that, that, that creates the picture really, really well, actually. Outdo one another. But, but you can't. You, it can't be a competition if it's love. <laughs> right. It's, you yeah. know what I mean? But, but you're treating it that way. Yeah, right? you don't use it like, I'm more loving than you, look at me. <laughs> that wouldn't be love anymore. Yeah. Um, relationally as well, Ephesians 5.25, husbands love your wives, even as Christ loved the church mm. and gave himself for it. Right. So just live sacrificially towards your wife. Be, be willing to, to lay down all of your preferences and desires or, or whatever the case is. Yeah. Even lay down your, your, your dreams to, to serve them and love them. Hmm. Um, yeah, so, so there's a lot of different ways that we can, uh, we can apply that. How does it look? It... it to, to live like you're dead is to live sacrificially. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's the crux of it all. Yeah. So. Sacrificially before the Lord, sacrificially before others. Mm-hmm. The life of sacrifice that Christ lived. If we were truly followers of Christ, then we'll follow in that one way. Yeah. That's good, mate. Yeah. Um, and then life is about living, Galatians 2.20 says. Um, he says, the life which I now live, I live by faith the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Mm. Um, 
So um, the life which I now live, we're, we're talking about the resurrection of Christ. Christ mm-hmm. didn't just die. Christ rose from the dead. And uh, Colossians 3, 1, famous, famous verse, If you then be raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits, sitting at the right hand of God. And and that's that's kind of the philosophy of it, right? He's saying, put your focus on things above. Um, and um, one thing I really wanted to draw out of that is, and maybe you can speak into this, but my ultimate, um, the ultimate object of my affection should be Christ. Mm-hmm. And not anyone or anything else. Yeah, that's what I was made for, wasn't it? To to know to know God and to enjoy Him. It says, um, and I, I mean that sounds so basic, but like as a little teeny weeny human being enjoying the fullness of God is like, hmm. if we truly did without sin hindering us, then it's just it's just beautiful, you know. It's glorious invitation to bask in the in the goodness and beauty of God. Um, and to live out that reality in our lives is is the invitation here. So yeah, he's our number one affection, and if that's he is the number one affection in reality, um, not always sadly in our in our actual practical reality, but mm. in actual reality he is. But if we continue to line up our reality with actual reality, mm. what a beautiful life we'll live. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. So, so so how does that fit into marriage, right? Um, so, so I'm supposed to love God above anyone or anything else. Mm. So, how's that fit in the marriage? Uh, so, if I'm fully, if I'm fully loving Christ more than myself and more than my wife, then number one, I will love her the way I'm commanded to, and number two, I won't seek to get my fulfillment out of her. So this is, I mean, Victoria and I used to write, it sounds really ridiculous, but we were long distance for a year and we used to write letters to each other, um, you know, pen and ink papers because we're we're all romantic and just talking about our week. But then at the end of it, this sounds really ridiculous, but at the end of it, we would write to each other, I love you so much, but you're not the one Jesus is. (laughs) (laughs) I love you so much, but you don't complete me, Christ does. Mm -hmm. And we were just reminding ourselves before we got into this marriage, like, it's all about him. It's all our lives are about him. He's our number one satisfier. He's the one that uh, gives us contentment and, and and fullness. And then, if that's true, then I can serve her fully because I'm not I'm not like well because you didn't serve me, I'm not serving you. Mm-hmm. If I find it in Christ, I can serve her until I'm empty because mm-hmm. um, he's filling me. And uh, and I and I and then I will do that because he's commanded me as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's my commander and he's my satisfier, which helps me love Victoria. The way he actually told me to. Yeah, no, that's really good. Yeah, so it makes it makes it puts Christ in the rightful place. Yeah, which I don't do every day, but I mean, I'm not getting this. I'm just giving you like yeah, what yeah, I believe. I'm not telling you what yeah. what 100 percent this looks like every day. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's worth adding that you know you, you you can you can show that without saying it or writing it down. Yeah. Without saying that, you know, Christ is my <laughs> ultimate objective. You know, yeah, life. we're not recommending to do that to your, <laughs> well, your fiance. Anyway, I'm just saying. <laughs> There's a way to show it without... Yeah. But, um, but then one, 1 Peter 1 verse 3 talks about um, our, our hope. So so if the resurrection impacts our life, it's going to impact our the object of our affection. But it's also going to uh, impact the, um, the source of our hope, mm-hmm. where our hope comes from. It's going to give us a hope that is different to anything seen in this world. Yeah. And uh, do, you have, do you have 1 Peter 1 verse 3 there? I do, yeah. Let me describe that real quick. If you don't mind. 1 Peter 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
And it's that because Christ is risen. Uh, and it's a living hope, right? Mm-hmm. That's why it's that's what's that's what's different. It's a living hope. Um, it's it's not a it's not a a wishful kind of hope the way that the world defines the yeah. word hope. Yeah, it's it's a living hope because Christ is risen from the dead. It gives me a hope in life right here, right now. Yeah, and I love that Paul Tripp uses that phrase um, a lot. The right here, right now significance of the gospel. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, and and yeah. that's what we're talking about here. How this future hope helps us today. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm just thinking of, uh, of, of people in our congregation and people that we know that are going through uh, great trials right now, you know? Mm. Um, you know, we saw, we saw Ted yesterday. I'm just thinking of, of, of other people in the congregation as well, yeah. people who've been through deep, deep valleys. Yeah. And why is a living hope so important in the midst of the deep valleys of trials? Yeah. You said this. You said this yesterday morning, and I don't even know if like you noticed you said it, but I, it really struck me. But you were like, you know, we were looking at Ananias getting healed, um, being able to walk again, and Tabitha being able to live again, and all those are, I mean, those are miracles, right? Ananias walks again. That's a miracle. Tabitha lives again. That's a miracle. But that was going to happen anyway, <laughs> right? So like when G- when Jesus comes again, Ananias is going to walk, mm. and Tabitha's going to live. And so all it is is like a, a fast forward miracle, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like for our brothers and sisters who who we pray for and weep with, like God willing, it's at this side of eternity that would be wonderful to see. But if it's in the other side of eternity, that healing's going to come. You know, mm-hmm. the end of suffering will be there. Yeah. And there'll be there'll be glorious life without the suffering that's in the moment. So, the suffering is going to end. Their their suffering is going to end um, by a miracle, whether that's a. a and it's a new creation miracle, whether that comes before Christ or after Christ. That's there will be healing then. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's, that's beautiful, and and like what what you're saying is, uh, like a living hope is a proactive hope too, right? So so it's one. It's not just a theoretical hope. Yeah. yeah it affects the way I live. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. No, that's good. Galatians five twenty two talks about the fruit of the spirit. And because Christ is risen, he said, I, you know, if, 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 if I don't go, I can't send the Holy Spirit to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but he sent the Holy Spirit to indwell us, to produce Christ likeness in us. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, so really the indwelling Holy Spirit is a byproduct of the risen Christ. Yeah. The resurrection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, which affects our attitude, not just our, uh, our relationships, but our attitudes, which is the root of our, our yeah, relationship. That's why our relationship. That's why we started with a gospel identity. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking at gospel practice. Then we're going to be looking at gospel community because you can't have practice or community without the identity. And that's where I think so often I personally got it wrong for a long time in my Christian life was, yeah, yeah, I'm saved. Great, 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 great. Now I have to do a bunch of stuff to serve Christ. And I have to do a bunch of stuff to other people. And I was forgetting that it's like daily... Um, rooted to my identity in Jesus, that mm. my practice and my relationships are mm. forged. Um, so yeah, that was yeah, like it's really important that we grasp it. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's that little prepositional play on words. I I serve God because of, not yeah. in order to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, very good. Um, yeah, and just to bring everything together, a lot of the things that we've been talking about are really difficult things. So if I'm to mm. love my wife like Christ loved the church. Mm. Technically, that's impossible. Yeah. Me, selfish, and are doing one another and showing love when mm. in my flesh I just want to be 
<laughs> you go ahead and I do yourself showing me love. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't come naturally to me to do that. So, And I think that's why Paul says in Galatians 2.20, um, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Right, yeah. So by the faith in the Son of God. Um, and that that's important because, like you said, I can't, I can't outdo one another in love. I can't love my wife like Christ loved the church. I can't resist the devil yeah. and he'll flee from me. I can't do any of that in my own strength. Yep. So I need to be looking to Christ. Yeah, if we if we do it on our own strength, what will we end up doing? If we go to the other series, yeah, yeah. we'll pull a Martha, right? We will, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and in an in a ironic way, we'll end up not resisting the devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, in the name of resisting the devil. Yep. <laughs> so, so yeah, and, and just, just to bring, bring it all kind of full circle to what we were saying before, and, and I think you'll speak into this in the coming weeks in some ways. But Romans 10 verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Mm. And there are so many voices in the world saying so many different things, telling me my identity is this, telling Mm -hmm. me I need to belong to that, tell me I'm this, I'm that. And what I need is not for other people to tell me who I am and what I should do, Mm -hmm. but I need for God to be speaking into my life every single day. And and when I yield to what God said, that's where the power is at. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he, he, never, he never tells us to do something and then doesn't give us the power to do it as we yield to him. Mm-hmm. So only as we yield to him does he give us the power. But that's why we need to be hearing his word. Yeah, yeah. In his word, on a daily basis, uh, privately, individually, but also corporately. And I think, you know, the local church is what God has established to to be the place where we hear the word you know and that's why we it's not just sunday christians but we need to be with each other we need to be praying with each other meeting with each other um come to home groups come to growth groups you know in our church context of course um but yeah from from the word of god itself from your church congregation um and then after that outside sources as well there's great places to hear scripture so yeah. like this place that like if if anyone's listened to this who isn't hasn't been listened to the pastor this week like press pause or delete the podcast and go listen to your pastor preach, right? Mm-hmm. If you're part of that local church, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah as long as you sound. Yeah, well, yeah, like, go read your Bible, <laughs> go listen to your sound pastor, um, and then if you've got time, listen to this. But yeah, yeah. we don't want you, this isn't This isn't replacing, yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. You need to hear the word of God, where God has put you. Yeah. So, so we, we were praying right before we began this, and I just want to close with this. We were praying before we uh, pressed record on this, and... We're saying, Lord, make it personal to us yeah. what we're going to talk about, but also do a work where you would make it a personal thing to those listening. And that's that's what we want uh, for this, is not not just to be uh, theory, but that God would do that spiritual divine work of taking it from theory to practice in our lives. Yeah. So uh, hopefully this has helped to accomplish that end. Yeah, it's all just one little step. This one, <laughs> this isn't, this is old, old good teaching, man, of uh, how the gospel impacts our lives and May it just be one more little step of helping us and helping our brothers and sisters to live like it's true. Mm. What, what does amen mean or amen? May it be. Let it be so. Let it be so. Like that, right? I think we end with a good hearty Well, my Baptist hymn, all the Baptist hymn, the ones that end with amen, but it's meant to be that old uh, harmonic amen, if you yeah. want to No. Amen. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> all right, man, this, this has been good. I've enjoyed it. Cool.